Welcome, everybody, to Navigating Change, the podcast from Tybal Inc. My name is Pete Wright, and I am here with Howard Tybal right over there. And most excitedly, we're here with Roger Stackpool. This is great. Roger, uh, Roger Stackpool, Vice President of Finance and Administration at Lemoyne College. Roger, welcome to Navigating Change. Well, thank you very much, Pete, and uh, thank you very much, Howard. Uh, I'm looking forward to this discussion. Uh, it'll be fun. Well, here's hoping, but Howard is uh, also here, so, you know, there, there may be some debate. <laughs> Hey, uh, so here's why we have we've gathered here together today. We're coming up on Ikubo, uh, the 2014 annual workshop, and uh, as usual, we've got uh, just a, a fantastic catalog of great speakers. And you guys together uh, are are taking your roadshow uh, to Ikubo to Philadelphia. Uh, the conversation you will be uh, hosting there is reaching across the aisle, the CFO and CAO strategic. Partnership. Now, from that title, what I assume is, uh, and I'll start with you, Roger, that you have the answer to this decades-long, nay, centuries-long sharks versus jets rivalry between finance and academic teams. Is is that uh, that I assume what you're going to be presenting to folks? Oh, I I uh, wish I could say I had the answer, uh, Pete. I really do, but I think that. Uh, what we're going to hopefully provide is the start, uh, some starting thoughts to an engaging conversation with, uh, with, with the folks that decide to attend this session about how can we uh, reach across the aisle, so to speak, and the emphasis is on the word reaching. How can we as administrators reach out to, to our faculty and academic colleagues uh, to help? But answers, no. I've got some experiences of what we've tried and some things that have worked pretty well, um, but I'm really hoping that uh, I learn a lot from the people that attend. I just was going to listen to you and then take that and just run with it. All right. Clearly, there's been a miscommunication <laughs> in the report. I, I think the root question here is, why is this idea of cross-departmental collaboration uh, an important one in, in your view? What is it that, that we're trying to fix here in the institution? Well, you know, let me say a few words first. So, you know, I, I get the joke behind your, uh, your comment, Pete, because this is one of those, uh, in some cases, intractable, but in many more cases, doable problem to deal with. And, and one of the reasons why I'm excited about speaking with Roger is because I think Roger, in my view, exemplifies a certain way of approaching it. And you, you said the word before, Roger, when you said about reaching. You know, there's a lot of waiting for the other side. And there's a lot of view that the other side is the problem. And I think you come from the place, just from all my discussions with you over the years, is that we cannot wait for the other side to come to us. We have to show initiative because they are the... They are as close to mission as you can get. And you and I had a great conversation when we were together talking about mission and mission living in both the business side of the house as well as the academic side. But we live the mission differently. Um, I'd love to hear you say a few more words about that because I think that's the piece that sometimes we forget. It's not about the fact that we don't both share the mission, the, the business side of the house and academic, it's that we serve it differently, but the business side of the house has a unique responsibility. And that, that to me is what you bring to the table in terms of the conversation. Is that a fair statement? I think that is a, a, a very nice way to characterize it. I think, yeah, I mean, even in, in that initial question, Pete, the word fix, I guess I would even pick on that word. So uh, that's 
sometimes the dialogue doesn't get going in the most effective ways because there is at least a perception, if not an explicit statement about we need to fix something or there is a problem, you know, um, and that and so that's unavoidable uh, to make people feel like they're then the target of that. So like they're the ones that need to be fixed, they have the problem. Uh, and I think that's part of what is uh, at issue here. I don't, what we have is we have a changing dynamic uh, within higher education, we all know this, and it's the economics. We have student debt and other challenges to affordability. We have um, an inability due to many, many factors to just continually raise you know, our tuition rates and our room board rates. Uh, so there's this downward pressure on our ability to do that. And how do we live within our means? And and you're right, Howard, it, the faculty are delivering the education. That's what they're, they are focusing on. So that means for many years, they're not focusing on what it takes to run a college or what it takes to control our costs or to live within our means. Now we're asking them to participate. We have to ask faculty to help us in that very endeavor, uh, to help us uh, prepare our institutions to be sustainable in a different economic model going forward. You know, and one of the things, Roger, that we're going to do in our session is we're going to conduct this very much, and I think this will be the best way to do it, as a conversation and, and really get people to both, you know, I've discovered over the years is that there's so much collective wisdom in the audience. You know, they know as much as we know. They come basically because they could use the opportunity to sit back and reflect on this. Uh, but they're doing things in their campuses that show success. But there is an overarching theme, I think, that is missing very often, which is what you talk about, which is this idea that we have to have a mindset that we're going to bring ourselves to the table and then get faculty be interested in in what they think is important right isn't that isn't that part of the problem is that administration rightfully so has a series of problems the financial one's the big one and then they end up going to the faculty trying to convince them that this is the problem they need to care about as opposed to going to the faculty and saying what do you care about and finding a way to build trust i'd love to have you to share a couple things that we'll be expounding upon at the um you know, at the uh, at the conference, you you talked about this live incubator, you know, at Lemoyne, mm -hmm. and some of the things that you're doing there. Can can you give one example of something that you're doing that you know that that you think is is reaching across the aisle? Sure. Yeah. And and uh, and you're right. I mean, Eddie Kubo, for example, one of the things that we're hoping to accomplish uh, in these sessions uh, that Eddie Kubo is hosting is that they will provide uh, they will provide a space, they'll provide a mechanism or an environment where everyone exchanges ideas to develop new ideas and incubate, in fact, those ideas into real solutions uh, that can be taken back to campuses. Um, and uh, so, how do we have a mindset of trying to work with faculty, work with academic? leadership, but also work with that administrative leadership uh, in areas that, you know, maybe we're not always as involved with. I think that's, um, that, I think that's the work that is more and more in front of us as whether it's, whether you're a vice president for finance, whether you're a controller, whether you're, you're in other areas of the administrative function. Um, we have to collaborate more and more across our campus. We are here to serve others, so as we view things through the eyes of those that we serve, I think that's where 
where it really needs to start. Um, and I think that's where many of our colleagues are realizing their greatest benefit is by starting, by reaching out to hear, listen to um, others, you know, in terms of what they're facing, what they fear, what their perspectives are, um, and the like. Um, what, what kind frankly, of, uh, what, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, go right ahead. So what kind of um, receptivity are you finding at Lemoyne in the way that you're reaching out to faculty? Uh, one, I think, good example is working with our faculty senate finance committee, um, where the provost and myself, we uh, we meet with that group on a regular basis, several times a semester, and we talk in a very transparent way about. Uh, the financial circumstances of the college, immediate term and longer term, uh, and and we exchange ideas, uh, and so that led to a series of meetings actually with faculty leadership, you know, larger department heads, program heads, because we realized that we have to make some changes and that we need the faculty to help us with that. So it started out by a series of meetings to help faculty understand our current realities which then led the faculty to suggesting actually that they bring in more of their colleagues and would Linda, the provost, and myself be willing to meet with them. We said, of course. We broadened the group and extended the conversation so that they would understand what are some of the things the college is facing, uh, which enabled the faculty to then begin to work on the things the provost needed them to work on, you know, to enhance program but also help control some of the costs. So, I mean, so I'd love to talk more about that, you know, you know, when we get together in Philadelphia, but that's a great example that over the course of months, many, many meetings, uh, I'm just really proud and encouraged by the fact that that dialogue has led to faculty actually saying to their peers, we need to get you more involved so that you can understand, you know, these factors and begin working on longer term solutions for Lemoyne. You know, what I hear you doing uh, that I think is uh, at the heart of this is you're building trust. You know, that, that is probably the missing piece, and, and you know, there's pockets of trust, but when, when you get people to express what they care about deeply, they can listen better, right? You know, if you don't give them a chance to speak, they're, they're waiting to speak. And, and in many ways, I think what, what, the, what I want to communicate to this audience is how can we, because I think this is something we've got to keep getting better at, how can we be more interested in what the other side has to say than what we have to say? It's so easy to fall into. Uh, this is what I think is important and what I have to get done. And I, 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 my guess is, is that through a series of successes you've had over the years, you're seeing the value in taking that point of view. It takes more time. Here's the downside, right? It takes more time. You know, it's not necessarily efficient, but it's probably more effective. Oh, I couldn't agree more. I mean, the I mean, transparency without trust is valueless. I mean, frankly, it's and and if there isn't going to be some element of trust in any given relationship, right? You're not going to be able to get into into the real discussions about things that are going to matter most. So, uh, yeah. So you're right. You know, the provost and myself uh, have worked hard together with each other, and then and together and separately with, in particular, faculty, but the entire campus to just continually have dialogue so that people understood that we actually do share 
we have a shared commitment to our mission. Um, so again, if uh, you know, I don't know anyone who you know pick another group, but if someone thinks that any of us in the role of administrators don't care as much, let's say, as faculty about our academic mission, I don't know an administrator that would agree with that. Um, and uh, and so I think, yeah, how do you reach out past that and spend more time? You know, with faculty and others, so that you can earn their trust, earn earn their faith that you do care indeed about the mission, and what you really just want is to to exchange ideas and work together on finding solutions. You know, uh, Roger, I think that gets to a, a, an important point. As I'm sitting here listening to you guys talk, and I'm thinking about the Ecubo audience. You know, you're you're talking to a room of 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 business officers, right? Uh, and, and so uh, it's hard not to think, at least initially, that, wow, this this may be a slightly one-sided conversation. And uh, what you are asking is, um, you know, it's a big ask, so to speak. You know, you're, you are asking and working toward changing the nature of sort of responsibility for driving the mission and saying, you know what, the academic side of the house, we're asking you to take responsibility in an area that you may not be comfortable taking. Uh, uh, taking that responsibility initially, and we want to help you do that. I wonder if you could, um, you know, if you just put yourself uh, forward a couple of weeks and think, you know, we're, we're closing out the session, uh, and uh, we, we have uh, some some suggestions based on your experience at LeMoyne and other institutions that you've seen, other relationships you've witnessed. Um, Eight o'clock Monday morning, here's the first thing you need to do uh, the first call you need to make, here's what that looks like to your uh, your collaborative provost or, or uh, chief academic officer. What is that thing? Wow, that's very interesting. You know, maybe it's as simple as talking to that dean, that provost, and saying, how can I become more engaged with uh, with the faculty, and how can I be of most help to you in all that you're trying to accomplish with your faculty? Um, I think I think that's, you know, in some ways, that's how Linda Lemura here uh, as our provost and myself started. And she invited me into more and more of those meetings as well as, you know, being on committees. Because you're right, I think we are asking staff and and faculty alike uh, on our campuses to get more involved in things that maybe, maybe they weren't historically or customarily, you know, as involved with. I had a, a member of our philosophy faculty address that actually with me once, a great, great statement that in his literally 40 years at the college, he had never been really asked to give some serious consideration to what needs to happen to ensure the sustainability and perpetuity of the college, that that was not the kind of conversations that he had been asked to participate in in the past. So why now? Maybe that's also important to the listeners as we think about um, the upcoming conference. Why now? Because things are changing, and I think we're reading stories more and more about the challenges on certain campuses, the need to make very serious change. And in on those campuses where the conversation maybe isn't going so well, we're seeing you know we're seeing the effects, we're seeing signs of strain in those communities. So I think the time is right to have this this dialogue about how can we do this. No one has it solved completely. So how do we share ideas so that we all can help our institutions do this better? Uh, have a nice, open, honest, authentic dialogue about what matters most. Well, it's a wonderful way to frame it. I think that 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 uh, sort of at least alleviates the the what 
maybe a circumspect response to an initial kind of outreach for institutions and communities that have had that have had a, a historic sort of struggle in that area. Howard, you have a concept that that you've been talking about uh, of of late. This that we're framing as sort of strategic communication. When you're talking about communication, how do you uh, how does that concept play into this dialogue between the CFO and the CAO and the strategic partnership? Well, I, first of all, I want to say I'm struck by the simplicity of Roger's statement and equally how hard it is sometimes to do the simplest thing, right? Uh, you know, Roger, that, that, that to me is, the, is, you know, everyone's probably listening saying, you know what, that is common sense. But, man, how little is that done to just do this, just to say to the provost or the chief academic officer, listen, I'm giving you a call because I'm interested to know. I really want to figure out how I can help you. Uh, I am so struck by how important a message that is, but equally how simple it is. Now, you know, as I was reflecting on, I, I think what, what I mean by, what I think about strategic communication, it has a lot to do with uh, not the mechanics, the transaction. Now, you think about communication, there's, there's what we want to communicate, there's how we communicate, and there's why we communicate it. And, and Strategic communication is really being clear why what I'm telling you is important. It's sort of what you just ended with, Roger, when you said, you know, maybe a piece of this is really is we need to put this in context for people about why now. Why now is a powerful question. Uh, and the answer to that question points or should point to strategically why it's important to do it right now. So I'd say to you, Pete, again, to try and keep it as simple as possible, I'm always asking, I might understand what you're telling me, but do I understand why you're telling me this? And if I don't hear the why very clearly, I ask out of the gate. So that to me is what is at the core of raising something to being uh, tied to strategy is why is this important to focus on? I think this this sense of having a clarity of purpose in, in communications, the strategic part, goes so far toward building the trust that Roger was talking about earlier. To, to me, this sort of transparency is trust, and, and uh, I, I, I think uh, this is going to be a fantastic conversation and, and look forward to uh, lots of great participation. Yeah, I'm really excited, Roger. And, you know, this, we've, just, we've just given our – we've just practiced. This is perfect. Now, now I'm even more convinced that we got something worth talking about. <laughs> you know what? Forget it. Let's just, let's just play back this podcast when you get there. We don't, we don't even need to – we can just listen. Yeah. You know what? <laughs> right. right. I'm going to bring the wine, Roger. We'll just sit up there and we'll listen. That's right. <laughs> uh, Roger, deepest thanks for for uh, joining uh, Howard and myself on this regular show. We sure appreciate you uh, uh, jumping into this conversation, and I hope um, that uh, Howard's behavior didn't scare you off and that you'll come back again sometime and, and join us in the future. As always, it's been enlightening to listen to Howard, um, and it's been great. Pete, nice to uh, meet you and participate in this. I really enjoyed it. Thank you very much. Uh, Howard, uh, uh, any closing comments from you, sir? Anything else we need to uh, cover for the good people? No, I, I tell you, this was... Uh, I just I equally appreciate Rogers. You know, we've done you and I have done a lot of these one on one, and it's so clear to me uh, how important it is to bring 
institution leaders into this conversation because one, I think it makes it a richer conversation. And the, but the truth is, the people that listen to this, they they really do want to hear from their peers. So I'm I really you know thank you, Roger, for for doing this, and I'm really excited to be working with you. Uh, the same, Howard. Thank you for uh, being willing to help with this uh, conversation and help Ecubo uh, work with its members. And uh, and as I said, I'm sure I'm going to learn a tremendous amount uh, by participating in this session myself. Outstanding, folks. If you want to find out, let's see. First of all, if you're subscribing to this show, head over to our website and you can find out more about Ikubo, uh, the 2014 annual workshop. You can, If you're listening to this podcast online, there you will see the details. You can find uh, Howard Teibel and Roger Stackpool reaching across the aisle Friday, March 21st at 1145 a.m. That'll be at the Hyatt Regency Philadelphia Penn's Landing. Head over to ikubo.org for more information on this conference, on this annual workshop, and uh, to register. Make sure you go to Philadelphia. It's fantastic. It's a great city. You'd, you'd be doing yourself a great disservice not to just show up. Uh, on behalf of Howard and Roger, I am Pete Wright. Thanks so much for listening, folks, and we'll catch you next week on Navigating Change, the podcast from Tybal Inc. Mm-hmm.